Those are weird. had G.I. Joe's. They didn't do shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I had Max Steel. They also yeah. didn't. The most thing is just like maybe they had a little like thing that you press the bar and mm. they shot something out of their wrist nice. or whatever. Yeah. That's the most. I had they started doing shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I had Dragon Ball Z figurines. Oh, damn. That was cool. pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I had a Super Saiyan Goku when he fought Frieza. Damn. Mm. Oh, yeah. Shit was lit. I'm kind of sad that I don't know where they are anymore. Oh, I, man. Fucking, I fucking love Dragon Ball Z. I remember when the uh, the Ninja Turtles came out, when they first started making toys that have action, yeah. there was a, a G.I. Joe, because like before, all of them were just like standing there like figurines. They couldn't move. Right, but yeah. then they made a G.I. Joe with a kung fu grip. I was like, what the fuck? So it was like arm could just like move up and down. Oh, it could do the karate thing. It could do a karate thing. But like no <laughs> toys had ever been able to do that before. So it was a huge deal. And you know, the Ninja Turtles followed suit and they had people that could move their arms and stuff. So you couldn't go back after that. Yeah. Everything after that, the toys have to do something. They have to move. Yep. They have to have joints. Yep. I remember that I had a, a Leah, like a, it was a, it was a Donatello figure. Mm. And all it did is just literally, it's just like, Hit things with a stick. Yeah. That is all it did. Oh yeah. And I had so much fun with that. Yeah, yeah, thing. Donatello, man. Donatello's a shit. Yes. I think Leonardo's the best one though. I like I, Leo. I, I can't. I can't pick Leonardo just because, like, um, if we're talking about like the Office, like, who's the best character from the Office? And then it's just like Michael Scott is a runaway favorite. Right. It's like no, I'm, I'm not picking that just because that is the easy thing to yeah. pick, true. even though it is true. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. Leo's the shit. Leo is the shit. He's he got is. two katanas. No, no, all this no, other... he, he just has one. Um, no, he's got two. No. Yeah, Leo's got two. No, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right about it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, I'm talking about. Yeah, that is true. He does have two. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Fulfillment Podcast, everybody. My name is Brandon Sheehan. I'm here with Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Hey. But before we do any of that, uh, catch up. Hey. Uh, do you see how fucking smooth that was? We yeah, had it happened real nice. We had a joke. We had mm-hmm. a lead up. I mm-hmm. did the intro. It went nice. I didn't fuck it up. Yeah. Nice. Nice and nice. All nice right. and nice. Finally getting better as my job as a podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Only took three and a half, two and a half years. Hey. What have you been up to? Um, super just, like I said, I got the kid this summer or mm-hmm. every summer. And um, it just changes my life, you know, for about three and a half months. So it's, it's just been that. Like, I've had a lot more time at home, you know, mm-hmm. so I can, like, watch things. I've been able to watch stuff, but, you know, not necessarily the things that I want to watch so much. Right, because you're <laughs> catering to her watching needs. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's but, pretty cool. Have you, what, what does she watch? Um, a lot of Barbie stuff. A lot of Barbie. That a lot of Barbie sense. dream house type action. I got to be honest with yeah. you. the Not the Barbie, but Tinkerbell. The Tinkerbell animated movies on Netflix. Mm. They're pretty lit. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually really good. Okay. I wonder, one time I was just like, I don't know why, what compelled me to watch them. The Tinkerbell? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. just, I just saw Tinkerbell and Netflix, and I was like, why the fuck not? Yeah. And it was good. Yeah. It was good. So make her watch the Tinkerbell movies no, if oh, you can. We, we've been watching something that we have agreed on is a Disenchantment. A Disenchantment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I watched a few episodes last week by myself, and I was like, all right, I kind of get it. It's not really doing much for me. It's not bad, but it's just not moving the bar. Right. But watching it with my daughter, like, she has a different appreciation for it because the main character is a woman. Right. You know, and dealing with, and the um, the whole thing is like a father-daughter show. You know, yeah, it's really yeah. about that relationship. And looking at it from a different angle, like, I like it a bit more. Okay. You know, but um, but that's, I was just watching Disenchantment really. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I that that's like one of the only things that I'm excited about. If I ever had a kid, just mm. like watching shit with them. Yeah, and uh, that sounds like a sounds like a good time. That's good, good enough. Damn, I I can't say that I've been watching anything particularly interesting mm. either. I watched uh, I watched the new Yu Gi Oh movie. The oh, they made a movie. Came out. Yeah. Okay. Well, they made they made a few. They oh. made a 
Yeah, the main event. The main one where the main characters of all three main Yu-Gi-Oh seasons mm. got together and had to duel together. Okay. Uh, but this one is just like so, like the original Yu-Gi-Oh, the one with Yugi and 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 Yami. Okay. Uh, ran for about four to five seasons, mm. and then Yu-Gi-Oh GX came out, and then Yu-Gi-Oh 5D uh, came out. Okay. And then we have Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns now. That's a lot. So it's a, it's way too much Yu-Gi-Oh! I step up on a Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. That yeah. was like my cutoff. Yu-Gi-Oh! GX is actually underrated as a Yu-Gi-Oh! It's re- Listen, some weep shit. All right. right. But I love Yu-Gi-Oh! And the four, the first four to five seasons were some of my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh! content. I rewatch them at least once every year. Mm-hmm. I just go through the Battle City arc. I fucking love Yu-Gi-Oh! as a show. It All is right. fantastic. And... Uh, it ended, and then it kind of ended on a note that was kind of like, okay, yeah, it ended, mm-hmm. but we we want to see these characters come back. Yeah. And then Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Side of Dimensions came out, and it was a theatrical release mm-hmm. made with the entire original cast, and it happens... The first Yu-Gi takes place while they're in middle school, All right. and this happens after they're, they're just about to graduate high school. Okay. And they, all the characters are grown up, Yu-Gi has grown up, and he's more like the Yami Yu-Gi... Of the original series, and the aesthetics are fantastic. Mm. It's nostalgia. It fucking feels good. And I loved every goddamn second of it. It was so much fucking fun. Okay. And in Kaiba and you, and like the movie knew that it was kind of ridiculous. Mm. Yugi has always been ridiculous as a series. But in the first four or five seasons, it took itself very seriously. Mm. And I feel like this movie just went like, dude, we're, we're playing cards. Okay. <laughs> Just and just fucking, have fun with just it. Just have fun. Okay. And it was so fucking good. And I nice. watched it yesterday, and I was full of this, like, weird sense of nerdy nostalgia, mm. knowing that, like, these characters kind of grew up with me as I grew up with them. And it was just, like, a good... It was just a good fucking time. Dark nice. Magician showed up, and he did his fucking thing. Yeah. The Blue-Eyes White Dragon showed nice. up, and, and Kaiba did his fucking thing. Yeah. And Yugi had some, like, big dick energy going around. Yugi, at some point, was just like, hey, Kaiba... I'm doing this. Go fuck yourself. Okay. And it was amazing. And I yeah. loved it. It was a great time. Okay. I think that was the the most recent thing that I watched. And I watched Suspiria. Uh, I don't think I've heard of that. Uh, it's like the horror movie. That's like a clip by Dario Argento. Sargento, something like that. Okay. It's like the Italian filmmaker. It's one of the most classic like horror movies mm. ever made. I watched about half of that. All right. Because it turns out that if you watch too many serious movies in a row, you kind of get burned out. You can't. Uh, so before that, I had watched 120 Days of Sodom. I had watched. Oh, about that one. Yeah, yeah, not a good, not a good watch. I had watched um, a really serious, dramatic movie before that. I watched like two Japanese movies. Mm-hmm. I watched The Ring. It's just like ten really serious, dramatic movies in a row. Yeah, it's just like fuck it. I've just, just let's. I'm just gonna watch. <laughs> I, 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 I watched Lord of the Rings. Did you? Oh, Fellowship of the Rings, the first one. Extended or theatrical? Uh, just a regular cut. theatrical one okay, on cool. Netflix. I mean, I've seen all of them besides yeah. the uh, the prequels, the Hobbits. I've seen none of the Hobbits. Yeah, read the Hobbits none of the, Read none of the, uh, the Lord of the Rings books. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I haven't seen these Lord of the Rings since at least five years. Right. You know, especially the Fellowship of the Rings. But it does that thing to me where it's like I can't sit there and watch two hours of any movie just sitting there, especially if I'm in the movie theaters, but, like, even at home. And these movies are, like, damn near at least, like, three hours apiece. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, and they extend that are, like, four hours. I bet, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're super long movies, but it's, like, it made it easier for me to enjoy, like, breaking it up. Like, I would sit there, watch 45 minutes or so, then go eat a Hot Pocket, come back, you know, have have a drink, and then watch some more. It's just that I just had to sit there, you know, for the entire time. So, but um, 
going back on Lord of the Rings, it, it was just as enjoyable, and it's making me mo want more of that fantasy type of world in movies again. Oh, so, it's a fantastic fucking world building. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a fucking great movie. Oh, yeah. I think Lord of the Rings is the only fantasy movie that I genuinely love. Mm. I'm not a huge fantasy guy. I'm more of a sci-fi guy. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm way more sci-fi, but um, I guess like there, there was just like a wave that uh, Harry Potter would be considered fantasy, right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about like medieval type fantasy. Medieval fantasy. Yeah, medieval fantasy. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that. Like Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, a lot of rings for me fall into the same genre of mm -hmm. fantasy. It's not a huge fan. Not a huge fan. But Lord of the Rings was the one that stuck out in that genre for, for movies. For yeah, movies, yeah. yeah. It's like I, I can't think of many movies. Like I would. Be hard because I, I was thinking about like if they made a Game of Thrones movie, but I don't know how that would go. But just mm -hmm. for as, as movies, um, but yeah, I, I, I like Lord of the Rings a lot, and I just want to see more things like that in movies. You know, where you just have a world that, and you can't really have that without actual source material. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody that's been writing books or you know for years and years and years. But I mean, they're epics. They're like yeah, the closest exactly. thing to like a full blown narrative epic oh, yeah. that we got. That's not like seven hundred movies in the Marvel universe. No. You know? No. Uh, I fucking I fucking love the Lord of the Rings movies. They're so good. It's really uh, good. I watched the extended versions with Louise like two that. years ago. Yep. Fucking fourteen and a half hours. Yep. Straight through. Sitting there. Yeah. Just holy shit. It was okay. a good time. Good time. There's but by the end, I was just like, just fucking throw the ring in the goddamn volcano. Frodo. Just do it. <laughs> just fucking do it. You piece of shit. Yeah. But it was great. Good oh time. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a um, there's there's a show on Amazon called uh, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. That this, sounds familiar. It yeah. is so good. Oh my god, I can't think of the um, the actress's name, mm -hmm. but uh, she steals this show, and I'm sure we're gonna see her on a number of things like for the years to come. Marvelous Miss Maisel. It's a show on uh, on Amazon Prime, uh, Prime Video, but um, it starts off the first episode. You're focused on the husband who's trying to become a stand up comedian, mm -hmm. and he's getting some decent laughter, decent applause, and then she finds out that he's stealing all of his material from Bob Newhart, who was a very good comedian, you know, oh. in the sixties or so. And then she's like, what the fuck? You're not even a real comedian. I'm sitting here trying to help you, yada, yada, yada. He's like, well, everybody steals. Everybody yeah. steals when they first start out, yada, yada. And he eventually leaves her because he's a piece of shit. Right. And then we start looking at her through her perspective. And she gets on stage and she's just like spilling her truth. You know, just talking about her life, talking about her piece of shit husband, talking about like being stranded with two kids and, you know, that her, you know, partner could just up and leave, decide that I don't want this life anymore. Mm -hmm. Later, I'll holler at you. But, like, as, as a woman, she can't, you know, get invested into a life and then decide, hey, husband, hey, kids, I'm out of here. It's just not as easy and not the same as, as a man can do. Right. But um, I give so much. Anybody that wants to see, like, well, I'm, I'm very much into, like, strong female lead, like, type of movies and television mm -hmm. shows, and this one hits it right on the head. Nice. She's an amazing actress. Really, really like good. The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Marvelous Miss Maisel. I'll keep, I'll, I'll, I, 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 I'll keep it on It's a television I, show. I just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just fucking like the one thing Mark Marin has a joke about all the streaming platforms oh, that I really about relate to. Number of times, yeah. It's just so fucking many of them. Oh yeah. So fucking many. Just yeah. uh, I can't keep I up. Mean, I mean I love it. I mean I mean yeah. but I'm like a junkie though, content junkie. Yeah. You just gotta have more stuff. And um the last thing I've seen uh, I, I finished the deuce. I started a television show called The Deuce about a month ago. Mm -hmm. It's um James Franco, not James, yeah, James Franco, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, Red Man, not Red Man, uh, Method Man, the rapper. Okay. Uh, he's in it. Yeah, yeah. There's a num. It's a star-studded cast, and it's just like I can't recommend like run out and go watch the Deuce season one because it's not like an A-plus show right now because nothing really happens okay. besides that Maggie Gyllenhaal is one of the best actresses that we have acting right now, and she's in the entire season okay. and does amazing. James Franco plays a twin, 
You know, so he's playing. Oh, that's that show. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I vaguely recognize that mm-hmm. now, yeah. Oh, yeah. James Franco's in there, does a very good acting job. Everybody does such a good acting mm-hmm. job that it wants you, it compels you to watch it and see season two. But I can't recommend you run out and watch it because you'd be like, what the fuck? I ran out and watched this. Chris had to go watch it, and I'm kind of bored and nothing's happening. James, mm-hmm. James Franco is one of those actors that a lot of people thought he was underrated. And then, mm-hmm. like, not a lot of people thought he was overrated. Overrated, okay. And yeah. then he showed up and then started doing really good films. A lot and of just like, all right, fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just whatever. Yeah. James He's Franco. Good. I really appreciate James Franco's acting. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. Me too. Dave Franco is also an interesting man. Man, Dave yeah. Franco. I like Dave Franco <laughs> even more than James. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. I don't think I've seen enough of Dave Franco not outside as an actor. of comedy. Yeah. Not as an actor. I don't think he can act better than James Franco. Yeah. Not yet in this part of his life. But just seeing him on the screen, like, I like him a lot. Like, I don't think he has as much range, maybe, either, but he's, he's just fucking got that hilarious. Face. Yeah, yeah he's got he just face. got that face. Yeah. I really liked him in, uh, what the fuck was it, with Sac Efron? The Neighbors. Neighbors, yeah. Oh, yeah, Neighbors. Neighbors. Ne- mm-hmm. That was a fun Yes. I, I just feel like Dave Franco knows what he can do really well, mm-hmm. and he does that really well. Yeah. And, like, that took James Franco a couple of years oh, into yeah. the career to, like, yeah. branch out of his comfort zone, too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling like Dave Franco in, like, a couple of years will start yeah. branching out. yeah. yeah. It's, it's they're fucking good. The Franco brothers, yeah. weird ass. James Franco's a weird ass motherfucker. I mean, this guy just that. does whatever he wants. He's yep. like, oh, now I'm gonna go do a soap opera. I'm like what? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you just finished doing a movie, about to be nominated for an Oscar. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, you know, it's soap opera. Why yeah. not? Why the fuck not? Yeah. Uh, apart from Yugi, I watched Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. You like it? You you you're a lighting guy. Like, like oh, yeah. you like looking at lighting very much. Uh, Suspiria will be your jam. Okay. The lighting is fucking gorgeous in nice. Suspiria. And uh, I watched uh, Turbo Kid. Uh, you know what that movie is? Uh, it's like a it's like an eighties sort of apocalyptic wasteland type movie. It's kind of like Mad Max with bikes. Okay, but it's very eighties fashion. It's about a teenager that idolizes this thing, this dude called Turbo Rider. Mm. And at some point, he meets a girl named Apple, mm-hmm. and they're exploring the wasteland. And Apple gets kidnapped, and he finds the Turbo Rider suit. Mm. And then goes save Apple. Yeah. And then it's all about, like, the need for water. Like, everybody needs water to survive because it's a barren wasteland. Yeah. And it's about hunting for water and whoever has monopoly on water. And Turbo Kid becomes Turbo Kid because he finds Turbo Rider's outfit. Yeah. And then sort of empowers Turbo Kid. And it's about the relationship with this girl and then surviving out in the wasteland. And it's fucking fun. Yeah. And it's, like, 80s cheese. But like modernized eighty cheese, yeah. you know, and and I love it a lot. I love it. They even have the like the hand painted hand like like special effects style of, fucking good, fucking okay. good. It's by Back Alley Films, I think. Okay. Uh, great film, great great film. Nice. Uh, they're made by the same people that did that um, horror movie that I talked about last week. What I watched with Jonathan, The Ranger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. not The yeah. Ranger. Um, I remember you talking about the it, Summer yeah. of eighty four. Okay. Uh, the same people that do that does that and they're really good at capturing that 80s teenage mm. adventure vibe yeah and in a way that's not you know jerk offy okay you know and i really like it so turbo kid absolutely go watch it it's nice. fantastic i feel like you're a kid of the 80s right yeah i, I feel like you'll you'll dig it because it's very like reminiscent of like 80s action cheese yeah uh but in a really fun way Okay. And that actress is phenomenal. The that 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 chick is really good. I forgot her name. It's something LaBeouf. Oh nice. Um, but yeah, I think that that's all I've been watching. I've just been watching weird, sort of fun, quirky movies because yeah. I watch a lot of really fucked up serious ones. Yeah. <laughs> just need a break. 
and that's about it. And I've been working on my Mr. Clean thing. Yeah. I got all the actors casted. I'm working on locations. Yeah. I just had a meeting today with Giselle to nice. help me produce the fucking thing and very help me keep cool. track of paperwork. Yeah. So I am very bad at paperwork mm. and keeping track of it. So I've been I've been busy, but in a good way. Yeah. I think. I reckon. Yeah. yeah okay. Got a fucked up knee. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's Dr. Nice. House order. Yeah. I feel like Dr. House on a film set. Yeah. Oh, Hugh Laurie. Okay, maybe got a fucking bottle of pills and fill it with Tic Tacs, you know, and just complete the look. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Might as well do some cosplay. Mm. Uh, that's all that I got. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's all I've seen um, for the week. I mean, I'm that's going back and watching Game of Thrones over again because I'm ready for 2019 for the last season. Oh, but yeah, doing that's, that. That's about it. Though. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I got, I got another year to wait, and then it'll, then it'll be gone. Yeah. Then I'll have nothing once again. So yeah, <laughs> then you just gotta find another thing to fill the void That's exactly for the think. next year. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what show will come to replace Game of Thrones. Is it next big cultural? Oh, thing? they already have it ready. There's a prequel to Game of Thrones. Oh, is it? Oh yes. I mean, George R. R. Martin wrote so many books, but he like, hasn't written the fucking last one that the story needs. Exactly. But I mean, they they've branched off the book, but it's just like they started Game of Thrones off the last books, and now they're doing a prequel. So like now, all the material is actually finished for what they're going to be working on. Yeah. Wait, so doesn't Game of Thrones start with the Song of Ice and Fire? Um, I didn't read the book, so I can tell you. Yeah. I, I know the dance, uh, there's dance, Songs of Ice and Fire, there's three that mm-hmm. were ready, and a fourth one that he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fourth one, okay, I don't know. For some reason, I thought that they were following the book until they branched out. So At the I end, didn't... yeah, but they just, they just didn't start on the first book for oh, Game of Thrones. Did they not? No. That's fucking weird. That's it's awesome. So is the Song of Ice and Fire not the first book? I can, I have to look up. Because I, I remember reading the scenes in the first, because I, I, I own the first book. I yeah. just don't like it. Um, but I remember reading the scenes match up. Like, it's when they throw, Brent, like, the kid off mm-hmm. the fucking off the, uh, yeah, off the the thing, window. Yeah. Yeah. That was in Song of Ice and Fire. Hey. That was the first book. Yeah. Listen, what the fuck ever. I'm not part of this culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, have, they have a prequel that's set right now that to come out in uh, 2020. And then there's another prequel for, before that that's coming out as soon as that series ends. Are they, so, uh, so you're telling me that they planned the prequel mm. to the thing that made a huge sensation. Oh, yeah. And then before the prequel is even done shooting, mm-hmm. they have planned out a prequel yes. to the prequel. Yes. I am so fucking done. I'm, t- I'm this, so this, fucking done. This thing is going to be going on until you're 50 years old. I'm this done. This is the beginning. I'm fucking done. <laughs> Let it die. It will not. It's like a, it's just like it's like it's got cancer and they just it's, keep it fucking alive. It's not bad yet though. It's like I, I mean, with Walking Dead, it's just like I can't. I've never been over there. Like, oh yes, let's keep it around. I'm like, no, it's a no. shit show that I continue to watch because I have no life. But I, I recognize that it's shit. No. Like Game of Thrones hasn't gotten to the the jump in the shark moment of we're just being held hostage. Like, no. I mean, it, besides the fact that they're making us wait an entire year, you know, to watch a show, like kind of hostage right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, you're, but, you're a cultural hostage yeah, to the yeah. whims of the Game of Thrones producers. Yeah, and until they get yeah. shitty. If they get shitty, then yeah, I'm off the boat, off the yeah. Westworld boat. I just don't I just don't believe in anything other than, like, Dragon Ball Z that lasts <laughs> more than 15 years. And, like... Doctor Who? Doctor Who got bad, though. It like, did. It, it got did. bad. It did. I but don't know. After, I just heard after Matt's myth... I heard uh, it came back again, like, five years ago or so and got decent. Well, the thing, like, like it ran until, like, 1984. Yeah. Then it went off the air for a long time. And it had radio dramas mm. playing the BBC. Yeah. And then they rebooted it in 2005. Season 1 was good. Season 2, 3, and 4 were good. Season 5 yeah. was good. Season 6 was eh. But be- because in Season 5, yeah. uh, Moffat, Stephen Moffat, took over the show running. 
Because mm. it was Russell T. Davis running it from 2004 to 2010. Okay. Uh, and then Stephen Moffat, who's a great writer when he does single episodes, mm. took over the show mm. as a showrunner. Yeah. And then his writing became more about Doctor Who, the being and the entity and the sort of majesticness of yeah. Doctor Who. Okay. Instead of the adventures that normal people have with the Doctor. Yeah. So the show became about the Doctor being a god, essentially. Yeah. And it just Got fucking, fell off. Yeah. And then he sucks at writing female characters, but he insists that all of his supporting characters are female. Yeah. And it's just it just went off the fucking rails. I mean, I, I agree. Anything that goes for such a long time, you're going to get further and further and further away from the essence of what yeah. created the show in the first place. I mean, similar to The Office and what you were describing with uh, Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, this thing is going to happen with Game of Thrones as well. Yep. I mean, 100%. But until, it's just a matter of one. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But until it jumps the <laughs> shark, like, I'm going to be sucking the dick and, like, please, just come in my face. <laughs> just do it. God, I've been waiting. Winter's supposed to been coming for the longest. It's here now. Now there's another thing i got to wait for. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so until I get to that point, it's like, yeah, just waiting for more of that. But yeah. this has been about it for me. I think the only thing that I've successfully watched for a period of more than 10 years has been Dragon Ball. Yeah, that is the only thing that. I've definitely done that. that I think I'm in. Because even Bleach got fucked. Mm. One Piece got good again. Naruto recently. ran for a good long time. And Yeah, but I stopped caring about Naruto after Sasuke mm. just did his fucked up thing. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, I get it. Yeah. He's an asshole. Naruto's great. Yeah. Let's just wait till the final fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch that. That was great. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball Z is the only thing is I stand by that. That's anyway, totally. I like it. Uh, I think uh, we're going to cut and then talk about Hunt for the Wilderness. And welcome back. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Hey, uh, see, Hunt for the Wilder People is a PG-13 movie that came out in 2016, listed as an adventure comedy that runs one hour and 41 minutes. Uh, the rundown is, raised on hip-hop and foster care, defiant city kid Ricky gets a fresh start in the New Zealand countryside. He quickly finds himself at home with his new foster family, the loving Aunt Bella, the cantankerous Uncle Heck, and is that Hick it's supposed to be? It like well, it's, it's Hector. Oh, and that's what you call him, Hick. they have Heck. an accent, mm. and their accent makes the E sounds like E. Like, like I, Hick, so yeah. it's just like, Uncle, Uncle Hick. Hick. Uncle Hick, yeah. Uh, the inspected dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the cantankerous Uncle Heck and dog Tupac. Uh, <laughs> when a tragedy strikes that threatens to ship Ricky to another home, both he and Heck go on the run in the bush. As a national manhunt ensues, the newly branded outlaws must face their options, go out in a blaze of glory, or overcome their differences and survive as a family. Uh, I got the same writer-director, something we talk about a lot, just yep. like having that continuity there. Um, I'm not going to pronounce his name. It's Taika Waititi. Taka Waititi, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, um, you guys will know him if you've seen the uh, the Thor Ragnarok movie yep. recently. He directed that. Or if you just like watched uh, Fly the Concords, he uh, directed four episodes of that. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yes. He also did the movie What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I, I didn't get to see that. Uh, it was good. Yeah. Sorry, I'm taking off my shirt. It's really good. Nice. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, mm -hmm. but it gets critical acclaim, yeah. and it's Taika Waititi's fucking hilarious. Boy, too. Uh, yeah, well, I, I didn't get to see that either, but it's just like no. I heard that critically acclaimed, very, very good. But yeah, the guy is... is very good director. It stars Sam Neill as Uncle Heck, uh, Julian Dennison as Ricky. Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker. And uh, for anyone that doesn't recognize Julian Dennison's name, he was just in Deadpool 2. He was the, oh, kid. He was the, the fire kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dude is fucking hilarious. That kid is fucking funny. He's a funny guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rimate Wiata as Bella. She was uh, Aunt Bella. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's the cast. That's the cast. I, this is such a charming film. It is 
such so you're right yeah. <laughs> it's such a charming little film mm. and i loved the setup for this movie so much like taka waititi is pretty much a comedy director yes like, very he's much hilarious in comedy mm. but he he does like he has his interesting style where he like his visual comedy it's just really accentuated by people being awkward around oh, yeah, each other yeah. and like the awkward moments of silence it's just like i think my favorite moment is just like on bella told me to tell you that you should give me something to do yeah and it's just like uh leave me alone and the kid goes like cool cool, mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> and then cool. just leaves like those tiny little things like taika is really funny like i like i feel like I describe it as like social comedy. Mm. I think it's just like people interacting. He, for some reason, paints it really, really funny to me. And I love him. I, I like that he's able to uh, write a comedy, but you can tell there's an intellectual behind the writing mm-hmm. that he's actually giving you a message and still planting little seeds as you go. Um, opening the movie, it was, I guess, for the first 15 minutes, just trying to, like, pin this movie down tonally. Mm-hmm. You know, because the way that it starts, you just, it's, it's New Zealand, and then you're just seeing these hillsides and the countryside and, and wilderness, you know, everywhere. And a boy inside of a, a car getting shipped off somewhere, don't know what's going on. Then he, he steps out of the car and then has an all-eyes-on-me Tupac jacket, <laughs> you know, on the back that I'm like, hold on, what is this? Like, because to- tonally, it seems like this is a very serious situation. Yeah. And then he steps out and we we just get a close-up of that jacket and then he starts talking then i'm like i still can't tell if this is a comedy if this is like like what this tonally is after about 15 minutes or so there's no denying that this is very much a comedy but like i said that you can tell there's an intellectual behind it but it's not joke after joke no not like that after joke definitely not it's it's very very subdued comedy oh yeah yeah i mean um there's a scene where the uh, the uncle heck is coming walking back with a boar and it was like oh he's giving that pig a piggyback ride (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, but it's, it's not played for a joke. You know, he just it just says it's kind of matter of factly. Yeah, you know, and then sort of like the not only that, but the sort of the absurdity of the characters, like with yeah. the police woman and the mm-hmm. charity case. No worker. child left behind. Uh, no child left behind. Well, that, that's our motto. Well, it's not really our motto, but it's kind of what I follow. <laughs> it's kind of like dry, aggressive woman. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, yeah. and I and I love that that Taika can play that off as funny. Yeah, because it just be awkward and like another like an, another director. Mm. But he just, something, there's like, I think my favorite thing is like the conversations. So a lot of comedies, they just kind of have a lot of improvisation happening. Probably, yeah. They just kind of use the best take and they mm-hmm. just kind of cut together a narrative. Yeah. But with these movies, I feel like everything is planned. And even if there is some improvisation, it fits inside of the emotional tonality and they're not trying to cut it. Mm-hmm. From the takes, they kind of like, they just have, all right, this is the best take that we had out of what we got. Instead yeah. of saying like, all right, well, this take kind of works and it's got the funny joke, so let's just put that in there. Mm-hmm. And I like, that's my biggest gripe with comedy movies in general. The fact that they kind of seem to be put together in the edit and mm-hmm. they're all sort of flatly lit, uninterestingly. Yeah, like pure comedy, comedy movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like just like the the bland, the bland generic comedies. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch a comedy movie, I'm always worried of getting that. But I always appreciate when like a director can make me laugh. Yeah. From cinematography alone, oh, yeah. like so, like visual gags for me are really fucking funny, and that's why mm. I love Edgar Wright, mm. and I love Taika, and it, pretty much if you put a zoom in a movie, mm. chances are you'll get a you get a laugh out of me. Mm-hmm. I fucking I think zooms are fucking hilarious. Okay, and Taika uses them pretty greatly in this fucking movie, mm. and it's just one shot where like the kid is hiding in a bush. Mm. And then he looks over, and then Heck calls his name. And then, like, we cut to a close-up of Heck 
and then it just zooms out so we kind of see like the shoulder of the kid mm-hmm. and we just see they're not standing that far from each other at all but the distance makes it look like they're fucking miles far away yeah yeah and I love that kind of shit. And he did something similar at the beginning where the kid runs away for the first time mm-hmm. and Bella finds him. Yeah. And then she goes like, oh, you made it all of 200 meters? Yeah. Yeah. And like, they didn't think we'd ever find you. You made it all of 200 meters. <laughs> but then, like, the focus is on the kid. Mm-hmm. And then Taika, like, slightly pans the camera and shows then the focuses house right on the house mm-hmm. and then goes back to the kid in yep. the same conversation. Yep. And it's just fucking genius. It's just good cinematography for the sake of comedy. Yeah, I mean, I, like even even with that, or oh, what's just sticking with the cinematography um, and the editing. As a matter of fact, I want to like lead up a whole thing going into the dialogue, the editing, and cinematography in about five minutes, and which was probably my favorite five minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. which had uh, Aunt Hella. Was that her name? Helen? Bella. 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 Aunt Bella in it, and she tragically dies. What, what does she have? Like she, a I heart think she attack? She killed herself? I, that's what I got from it. No, maybe <sighs> not. Maybe she did die from something. It never really says. It's like, I, I, just, I would assume it was a heart attack because, like, when they show, and then um, it looks like she was pulling down um, her Did laundry. Yeah. yeah, and, like, one of the sheets is, like, still halfway on, so it's, like, looked like in the motion of doing something, just, right. like, a heart attack that stroked out or whatever happened. But um, I'm, I'm loving the conversation that she was having with Ricky, and um, Ricky, they, they set him up to, to show that he's just, like, a fat, lazy, useful, useless type of person. Mm-hmm. Like, even through dialogue, they're just putting that out there. And then when he finally gets there, it was like, can you do anything, you know, besides, I forget what the uh, Uncle Heck says to him, you know, besides being an ornament. Yeah. yeah he's like, are you, are you, can you do anything? So um, later on, he's talking to the aunt, and they're outside, and he, was, he sees these horses, wild horses. And it's like, can I ride one of these horses? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, you can't ride them. Nobody can ride them. These are wild horses. And it was like, well, why not? It was like, well, why don't you just let them be horses and eat and live their own life and do whatever they want to? Right. And then you can kind of he, he closes up on the boy for a second and is like oh wow like she's gonna she understands me that i just want to be able to do whatever i want to do live however i want to live and be like these horses right you know like i can live this life and then the very next split split second is oh shit boar or pig you know <laughs> so it's just like in the immediately she runs it down and he's still saying like what the fuck what the hell is going on right now i've just got in my mind that i can live my life and do whatever i want to and like live like her and then a split second is her chasing down this this pig pulling out a knife and stabbing this pig, pig to death murdering him out like it's just nothing <laughs> it's just i like i like that um that parallel mm-hmm. of showing like yeah you can have this life that you can do whatever you want but it also comes with the other side of the yin and the yang like yeah. you have to do this as well so it's like nothing that you're going to get is going to be free and you can't live you just like you can't live the boy you can't be the boy that you want to be right you know and then just sort of like apart from the like dramatic moment in terms of storytelling i just also love that scene because it's shot so well with the close-ups yes. and the, the sort of the hip-hop mm-hmm. montage kind of cut yeah. and then after the scene is over she's just covered in blood yeah. and just looks at the kid and she's like well that's dinner so it out yep <laughs> Yeah. Just and just so fucking funny. wipes the blood away from her face with more blood. <laughs> yeah. It was just like so matter of fact. Like, yep, this is life. This is what we do. This no, is what no. you have to do to survive. Welcome to life, kid. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I genuinely really love the setup for the movie because it, it doesn't. The movie lets you to believe that it's going to be one film mm-hmm. when he meets the sort of the, the, the mom on Bella. He meets her. And they let you to set up that relationship and mm. they leave the Hector relationship completely alone, mm. apart from like tiny interactions. And then Bella dies and it's like, okay, so now it's like, how do we see these two characters yeah. interact? Oh, yeah. And it's like, I was wondering like what's going to happen because I knew they ended up in the bush somehow, but mm. I didn't know how they ended up in the bush. I was interested in how they were going to make that work. Mm. And like, I really liked the way that they made it work in terms of like story structure, like. 
they have a the thing happens, and then they the kid runs away. Uh, Hector goes to find him, mm. and then he fucks up his foot, and now yeah. they're stuck bonding yeah. together. And so, like the relationship that forms that forms from them bonding, is a really cute fatherly relationship. Yeah. And I and I really 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 dug it. I'm yeah. I'm glad that they didn't linger too long. I mean, yeah. it's like it's it's um, the structure is very similar to like things that I've seen a number of times, but it's just all in the way that you tell a story. Mm-hmm. And he could have lingered on that relationship with uh, him and his aunt for thirty minutes into the film, yeah. and then had her die off. But it's just like you kind of get it within ten minutes that the the uncle doesn't like him, doesn't want to have any part to do with him. Right. You know, he's shrugging him off. So you'd be like, okay, that's the conflict. This is going to be the movie. Mm-hmm. So instead of making us wait thirty minutes to get to that, fifteen minutes in. 18 minutes or so, we immediately get to, okay, this is what the movie is. Yeah, let's just get to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, it takes like 20 minutes before they're actually in the bush. Oh, yeah, getting uh, to the bush, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, uh, but I, I love the scene of um, Taika playing the funeral director. Uh, that's who that was? Yeah, oh, yeah, he had a longer hair. He, right. has, he has cameo, it's, it's fake hair. I would assume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he, has, he does cameos in his movie. He's in What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. And in Thor Ragnarok, he's the rock Character. Oh yeah, we talked like, about him. Yeah, yeah. Like in the ship. Yeah, uh, that's Taika. Yeah, uh, and so he plays the funeral director in this in this movie. I, I love his like monologue. He's like, um, he's like, you know, you ever wonder, you know, what's behind that door? It's like it's it's so it's so much things behind it, like Fanta and onion rings and you know purple drink and everything that you would ever wonder behind that door. You know, but there's another door, a door that's a lot much harder to get through. And you know what's behind that door? And then the kid says, "This one's like vegetables." It's like no, 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 but no vegetables. Like what? Talk, what? <laughs> the lady in the background was like, Jesus. It's like, you would think that. That's what you would think. It would be Jesus behind that door. But no, he's tricky that way. <laughs> it's not, it's another not, door. It's another door. And what do you think is behind that door? And then another awkward silence. Jesus? Yes, yeah, Jesus. Yep. <laughs> it's Jesus behind that second door. I'll tell you that, Jesus tricky. That was a yeah, you had a great so monologue. Funny. Yeah. Uh it, but it just goes to show like how greatly Taika commands language and comedies. Yeah. Because he made that scene awkward. But then he also like a lot of directors would have trouble transitioning from that scene mm. to the dramatic part of the scene, which is the next shot, when him, when the kid and heck are dealing with Bella's ashes mm. and he's putting, putting her in a box. Yep. And they have that confrontation of just like, well, she said she wanted to go to the sky thing or whatever. And you go like, all right, well, that's the setup. Mm. He's going to take the ash and go into the bush and try to deliver her to the thing. And in another movie, that would have made like the focal point mm. of it. But he just kind of looks at the box and then he just burns down the barn yeah. and then goes away and he's just kind of like, all right, did he take? The ashes for a second. Like I like that Taika does normal things, but he doesn't play them dramatically the mm-hmm. way that other directors would. Other yeah. directors will show you a close up of him taking the ashes, yep. putting them in a bag, having a weird, sad goodbye, and yep. then heading out. But Taika instead just looks a close up of the ashes, a note that says, "I burnt myself alive," yep. and then just a stupid fucking. <laughs> Like the kid that he is. It's great. It's great. I, I, it's such great character development through action. Very much like, like you say, character development. Because it's just like it's showing exactly where this kid is at mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, that he thinks that something can burn inside of a fucking wood and hay barn. You know, <laughs> that you can put a paper note on, on the barn and then that's not going to burn in flames. It just had no idea what was going to happen after he did that. <laughs> and then when they find the fucking shed, 
The lady oh, licks that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like a, like a a metal plate, you know, and she's like wiping the soot from it, and she's <laughs> smelling it, and licked it. She licked it like she, what? I thought she licked licker it. smell. Yeah, and it was like, mm, this isn't a human bite. This isn't Ricky. <laughs> this isn't a bad well for a kid. <laughs> the guy's just like, how can you tell? Does this look like a fucking ad to you? <laughs> Yeah, like, like the yeah, that was played comedically very well. Yeah, I know. I love the absurdity of like, because like the the kid and Sam Neill, uh, Julian Edison and Sam Neill are hilarious by their own right. Like mm-hmm. they have their really good funny moments. Yeah, but all the comedic relief happens really from the welfare woman and the cop when they're in a shot. That's like the B story. Mm-hmm. And so in the in the A story when they're being serious. The comedic relief happens from these other characters. Yeah, yeah, definitely the other characters. And yeah. then when these characters are not necessarily on camera, they it allows the Sam Neill and Julian Edison to be funny. Mm. So you're always getting some form of comedy, even in serious moments. Mm. But it's just where the comedy comes from. So like the movie never becomes too serious. No. And it never or becomes too funny. too funny. Yeah. It's really, really well balanced. Except by the end. The end it gets like a little like the last thirty minutes, like like we're uh, I don't know, it's still kind of drama, but you're getting a little more comedic beats. Shit, it's, it's hard yeah. to say because even like with the standoff of um of the uncle, like, no, he's a, he, he molested me. You know, and then <laughs> he's shoot, a molester. Yeah, yeah, you still got tension for like five or ten minutes before yeah. he shoots him in the ass. I'm like, oh, no, we're having fun again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's really the matter. Like, even when it gets so absurd to the fact that the fucking army is looking for them, yeah. it just, it never stops being lighthearted mm-hmm. and fun. And you know that yeah, everything that they're doing has a consequence, mm. but in the moment, we're just having fun with the characters. Yeah. And then we sort of see the aftermath of the consequences later. Mm. And even when something, like when they crash through the the fucking iron fence or whatever, oh, yeah, the lady yeah, goes yeah. just like, you've caused a lot of private property damage, mm. uh, crash into this corrugated iron fence. Not cool, not, <laughs> not cheap. Cool. Mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, lady? Like, that's not the worst thing that's happened. You have yeah. the fucking army behind you. Yes. And it's just like those those little moments. It's just it's just comedy in the way that I love comedy. Yeah. And it's like, because you have to be willing to go absurd, but you also have to have enough restraint to not go too absurd and sort of alienate the audience. I mean, the 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 most absurd thing, I guess, would uh, would be uh, Psycho Sam. <laughs> Psycho Sam, like they're going about their journey through the bush, mm-hmm. and then they, it's like, oh, what is it? It's a bush. And it's like, oh, nope, it's a man. <laughs> and they're just sitting there. Bushman. Bushman. And they're sitting and looking at him. It was like, what in the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> it was like, you, you, got, you guys ever heard a story about a, uh, a crazy man that lives off in the bush by himself? They call him Psycho Sam. <laughs> and then you wait for him to be like, oh, no, we've heard of that. You're waiting for that. And they're just like, nah. nope, never heard of that. <laughs> like, oh, well, that's me, <laughs> Psycho <laughs> Sam. Well, my name's Sam. <laughs> <laughs> And then so a few mom- a few moments later, they're inside of his trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, the kid Ricky was like, "So why do they, you know, call him Psycho Sam?" You know, <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh, put these metal hats on so the government can't give fil- uh, find out what you're thinking." Never like, mind. No, never mind. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yep. Got to put these metal hats on. <laughs> why'd you get, why'd you leave the real world? Oh, you have to get off the grid, and it's all about the formsmen. Those forms, like what forms people? It's like, oh yeah, they want you to fill out a form, and then you fill out that form, and they send that upstairs. Then you got to fill out another form just to confirm that you filled out the first form in the first place. And if you ever want to stop filling out forms, oh, don't even get me started on that. You got to fill out five forms just to stop filling out forms. <laughs> Never gonna get me again. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite like Psycho Sam moment is when the the cops find them because he upgraded the phone like an oh, absolute yeah. idiot. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> which is a Nokia fucking phone yep. to begin with. Yep, got to upgrade that. <laughs> got some more bars now. And then it, the, he's freaking out about the government. It's just like, oh, I got an underground tunnel. And yep. then he lifts the thing. I oh, forgot to dug it. Shit. What have I been doing with my life? <laughs> yep. Just, What's the fastest way up out of here? Uh, jetpack. <laughs> you, you have a jetpack? No, no, but that had to be the fastest way out. <laughs> like, what? Well, I mean, literally, like, yeah, that would be the fastest way out, I guess. But, yeah, yeah, I guess. You don't have access to that, so we'll just go to my underground tunnel ah, that I it. also don't have. <laughs> fucking love it so much. This movie was, like, full of charm and mm. sort of nice little dramatic moments where, like, you can feel the relationship with the kid and heck evolving as the movie went along mm. very organically, which yeah. is hard to do, especially in a comedy. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's sort of like the fact that they were stuck together and, like, Heck thought, I mean, taught Ricky what he knew about living in the wilderness. Yeah. And you see Ricky getting better at being in the wilderness. Yeah. And sort of living the same lifestyle that Heck does. Mm-hmm. And, like, the running joke about the those fucking uh, dudes that he robs. Mm-hmm. It's just like, take the gun, to take their guns, take the bolts out. Yeah. And then they just rob him. Like, I loved all of those little elements because that was kind of, like, the, those were kind of the markers to see how well the relationship evolved. Mm. Because the first time they meet those guys, it was kind of like bizarre. And then you see um, Ricky Baker defend the old man. Yeah. And then in the second time they meet up, you see the old man after Ricky goes like, and tell them the wilder people did it. Mm. And they go like, the wild people? The wild people. Like, the wilder people. The wilder people. It's like yeah. the old man takes it. Yep. So you, you, you know that they're on the same side now. Yep. And, like, I like that, it, that he set it up to be, in like, in a familiar element. Yeah. We've seen this guy before. We had this interaction. Yep. The first one was Ricky doing the sort of supporting, and now Heck is on board with what Ricky's doing. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of having fun with the adventure as well. They, they show that. They show that exact same thing with um, uh, the haikus. You know, with <laughs> yeah. him doing the haikus at the beginning of the movie, by the time we get to the end, the uncle was like, oh, I've written a haiku for you. You know, yeah, that, that turnabout, yeah. Oh, that was like the cutest fucking moment. Mm. Me and a fat kid ran around in the bush, yep. ate, hunted, and read books. It was the best. <sighs> yeah. Shot through the <laughs> yeah, So nice. fucking cute. Yeah. And like, the, the, really, the movie is about like family and loyalty and yep. finding family yep. in places that you wouldn't necessarily find family mm. in. And sort of how that weird um, relationship starts to form. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he's able to deliver that message and at the same time inject the movie with comedy and mm. visual comedy yeah. and sort of dialogue. And it's it's impressive and it's I think it's the mark of a good filmmaker. I, I like that there was in um, uh, the tropes that uh, you get a lot from a lot of comedies. Like um like the kid like uh, and a lot of comedies will bang over the head that this is a fat kid or a dumb kid mm-hmm. or the nerd and you got those beats but it's not we're not exploiting that for the sake of comedy throughout the entire movie yeah. you know with all these different characters so I mean yeah he's he's a very good writer a very good director I mean tonally it was it's difficult it's uh, looking at the lobster right now the uh, the poster behind me is reminding me of like something tonally if you haven't if you're not prepared for this because it's not like any other mainstream movie that you're going to see and the tone is so much different that just make sure you know what you're going into and if you understand that this is like a comedy Mm -hmm. this is going to be a very entertaining watch yeah and even if you don't laugh out loud at some of the jokes you just be like okay that's fucking definitely is oh yeah uh i think uh sorry i forgot what i was gonna say said about the oh okay so about the the kid you said the character tropes i think part of the comedy comes from the fact that this is a kid that's so separated from the culture that he idolizes that mm. he just starts making no sense. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, 
the scene with Tupac. You see this little fat New Zealand kid, yeah. kind of like, yeah, Tupac. He's he's a he's a really cool rapper. He's mm. my he's my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> Tupac. It's just like, and like keeps playing with every time like the kid ran away. And she's like, come on, Tupac. And the dog followed. I just couldn't help but laugh at how fucking stupid it was. Yeah, it's great. And Tupac. And I, then like the Scots like to it and shows us, you know, like the Scots. I didn't choose the Scots like. Yeah, Scots life, shows, life me. shows us. Yeah. And like at the end, that plays around with Hector sort of adopting the kids' lingo and yeah. all that, and the, it's just it like, just got real again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cute. I, I, I like that. I like when um there's a um, they do like an awkward moment, and that you'll see in a lot of comedy to where he's one person speaking about one thing, and then everyone else thinks you're talking about something completely different. Yeah. Like one of those they did that with um and making Uncle Heck look like he was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're in a room, and then he was like, heck, look. He's like, uh, look, we got lost. I got injured. He's fine. It was basically a holiday. And Rudy was like, well, not like a real holiday because he made me do stuff. And he was like, the guy's <laughs> like, like, what kind of stuff? He was like, oh, you know, just stuff. He had a sore leg, so he made me do things for him. It was hard at first, you know, because my hands are so soft. <laughs> but I got used to it. I didn't really want to do it, but it was, the only, it was the only way to survive. You know, it wasn't always hard. Sometimes I got to do it on my own. <laughs> he, he pretty much never joined in with me, though. I asked if he wanted to play with me, but he would just make me play with myself. <laughs> it was like they're hearing this. It's like, you fucking pervert. But, the, but then the really funny part about that setup is mm. that they have that moment. Mm. They have the pair for that. But then immediately after, they address it. Oh, yeah. And the uncle is just like, do you have any idea what the fuck you were saying? Nope. It's like, no, I think, uh... Mm. Oh, I get it. I get what we're doing. And, like, a lot of movies wouldn't do that. They just have the moment, and they wouldn't ingrain it into their relationship with the two characters. Mm. I don't even know it's a tiny moment. It's just, like, it's a bonding, and I I like it. Yeah. Everything in your movie should make the story more full. Mm. should fill the story with something. And I feel like every funny moment that we had in this movie... Co- like corroborated with that like it, it added something to the relationship with the characters yeah. Oh, yeah. and it added something to the overall movie mm. which is I think the mark of a really good comedy yeah, it's good. Which, oh, yeah. Is, yeah. which is why American comedies have always felt kind of lacking mm. they just have that they just lack that sort of soul Okay. Them, you know? I mean, yeah, there's American comedies are generally comedy for the sake of comedy yeah, we're yeah, here yeah. to make you laugh not make you think right <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and like sort of the reason why I love like sort of European comedies is because they yeah, they'll make you laugh, yeah. but at the end of the day, they want to say something mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and this, that, I mean, this movie definitely did that, and it I did. thought I thought it was absolutely charming. It was one of the best comedies that I've seen this year. Okay. Like, I know the movie came out in like 2016. Yeah, it was like th- that I've seen this year. It was one of the best comedies yeah. that I've seen. I liked it. I liked it. Liked it, it a lot. Charming. Was, oh yeah. Great cinematography was fantastic. Editing was fantastic. Uh, Taika is really good at using zoom shots. Uh, that shit makes me laugh every time. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I just zooms are hilarious. I just want to get that across. If you're fucking far away and then you like fast zoom into someone's face, it will always be funny. Uh, it will always be funny to me. I, I be, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. I was saying, I mean, I, I can find them funny, but it's, same, it's the same yeah. thing with like tropes. If you overdo it, like if you exploit something that is funny, just yeah. to you know, what I'm saying like I, as long as you're not exploiting something. Yeah, yeah, right. You got to yeah. use it smartly. Yeah. But it's it's fucking hilarious. I mean, I saw one music video recently. It's mm. called Leg Lock. Yeah. I don't know who the guy is, but the whole video is just like we start in a close up of his face, and then it slowly zooms out into a wide, mm. while he just stands in one spot and raps throughout the shot. Yeah. And it is the funniest music video that I've seen in such a long time. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck it is about zooms. I just fucking love them. They're yeah. funny to me. 
There was a uh, there was one of my favorite scenes in there with uh, with Paula, the fake officer lady. Yeah. And in it, it was um, the reason I liked it so much is because it references Terminator and my favorite Terminator. <laughs> like Ricky was like, I'll never stop running. And Paula's like, yeah, and I'll never stop chasing you. I'm relentless. I'm like the Terminator. And he's like, I'm more like the Terminator than you. And Paula's like, I said at first, you're more like Sarah Connor. And in the first movie, too, before she could do chin-ups. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, exactly. That's the Sarah Connor you are. First Sarah Connor, and I'm coming for that ass. And I'm relentless, and nothing can stop me. That's, that's, that's a relationship me and you got to go on right now <laughs> and they, they like that joke so much that in the court scene at the end they're just like and then i told them i was like terminator mm-hmm. and he was sarah connor yep. Yep. <laughs> i love the filmic reference there's also one where they're hiding under the tree when all the cops are going above them mm-hmm. and the kid just smiles just like i was trying to tell you that it was like lord of the rings yeah <laughs> oh yeah so yeah, yeah when he's sitting there I, that's, that's what was fun. i just watched lord of the rings two yeah. days before that you know when they're sitting there and then the guy's on the black horse like walking right past him it's like, yeah. <laughs> they essentially recreated the shot too. Like that's yeah. it's fucking great. Yeah. Those little those little moments like that make the movie have like a lot of a lot of charm yeah. to it. Because we can all relate to it. Yeah. And it's it's fucking great. Okay. I think uh my favorite moment in the film has to be uh the final act when they're doing through that shootout and oh, okay, yeah, they get yeah. into the car. Yeah. And like the kid goes like, "How the fuck did you even get this started?" And he that's, goes like, "The knack." <laughs> that's that. Oh, that that whole thing, which is just apropos of what we've been talking about the past two weeks. That entire ten minute um, scene mm. is from Thelma and Louise. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> that entire thing. You get inside the, the, the truck, the same red red truck. You're driving off through the dirt, and there's a whole bunch of like FBI, CIA cops all nice. chasing you through the dirt. And then you come to a, a moment. It's like, so what are we gonna do? We're gonna just keep going or stop? And it's just like it's almost like verbatim, you know <laughs> what it is. But I was like, it's so Thelma Louise. It's like I just like that he, you know, you can tell that he's a student of um of film. film yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, man, I I, I fuck with you. His references are off the hook. I yeah. love Taika. Taika is a director. I'm really excited to watch uh, what we do in the shadows. Now after watching this yeah. uh yeah no i thought i thought it was a fucking yeah. great charming lovely movie well shot well directed oh, yeah. performances were fantastic Definitely from so. everybody around yeah sam neil and julian Dennison are a fucking great combo oh, yeah. and i love them oh yeah what would you what would you rate this um a one out of ten um i'm gonna go like a 8.3 8.3 yeah I, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and give it the 8.5 8.5 yeah uh, uh like i said it's just charming it's very and, fun like even people that don't like comedy have told me that this movie is really good. Yeah. The There's girl people that, that I, don't like comedy? Yeah, the people that don't like like the comedy genre. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those uh the girl that uh the girl that I rented the well, I rented the movie at Vizard. Yeah. And the, shout out to you, Brianna. Uh, she was just like, yeah, I don't usually like comedies that much, but this movie was fucking charming. Oh, why, why don't yeah. comedy? Yeah, I don't I don't It's cuz it's such a I get it cuz it's such a fucked up genre. You know? No, like there, I, are, uh, there are subsects of comedy that I find really funny, but like comedy and movies, it's really hard to not like comedy. It's really easy to not like comedy. Th- I, I guess. Like, I mean, who doesn't like to laugh? It's just like what I'm thinking about is just like, uh. but yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, well, I mean. I, like the genre. I mean, I'm, I think she meant the the filmic genre, not the concept of comedy. Yeah, you know, like she obviously likes to laugh. Yeah, okay. Like, the cinematic sense of comedy, at least in American culture, it's mm. really easy to dislike. There's British comedies. I mean, just, I'm just saying there's a lot of comedy. I don't know, it just threw me off when just hearing that there's people that don't like comedies. Like in yeah, movies, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I, think, I think I get it because like, they usually don't enjoy watching comedies. Uh, I think that's what that means. Not that they just like, they like to laugh, sure, but like, there's something about the genre of comedy. It's really easy to make a bad comedy movie. 
Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Same thing as horror. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, teachers, it's like, I, I have a thing with action. So it's just like, I can't yeah. be on a hot horse about, you should watch everything. But you're just like, yeah. 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 Comedy for me, it's just like, comedy is really hard for me to get into. Mm. If I find, like, like we talked about the something about Mary. Mm. If the moment I get a vibe that remotely looks like that movie, I mm. block out mentally. It just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Like, I try to, I try to take something from everything. Like, I don't know. It's like, we, we watch, We've watched 135 movies, yeah. and it's just like the not even like doing a lottery. Like, if out of 135, there's 0% chance you're gonna like every movie. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. 50%. It's just like, I don't know, just trying to take something from everything. There's things that I like in a lot of comedy movies, but like, there's just, they're just, it's a hard genre to like do right, and it's mm -hmm. a hard genre to, because comedy is as a genre by itself mm -hmm. doesn't really work all of the time. You know, it's it's socially it's mm -hmm. I think comedy is supposed to be attached to another genre. It can be so yeah. for in order to like for me, in order to work properly, I can't have a comedy comedy. I want a drama comedy or a horror comedy or mm. like not romance comedy because I don't like rom coms, but you know, like I want something comedy. Because mm. the comedic elements are the thing that's going to make you laugh, mm. but the other elements are the thing that's going to deliver a story. I mean, there's uh, there's just some things that are just like pure out comedy. There's nothing else attached to it. Mm -hmm. We can go to like Jim Carrey in the '90s. It's like you might not like that stuff now, you know, or like uh, Three Stooges. Like there's nothing right, right, right. supposed to be happening except for laughter. The comedy, yeah, yeah just the comedy. That's so slapstick like, comedy. Very, that's in its own right. Yeah. Very much, you know. So and, like you're not really going to get that. America is huge for the slapstick, you know, especially yeah. from '60s, '70s. Uh, Buster Keaton. Um, can't think of the, the Adolf Hitler guy, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Cha <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Adolf Hitler Charlie guy. Chaplin, yeah. I mean, he has a mustache. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, they, and they do, and that's kind of like, but the, the I think the, this could be a whole episode just yeah. in comedy in general. But I think the idea why those things work and they're so important culturally oh, yeah. is because they were doing slapstick comedy, but they were pushing boundaries with the slapstick. And, well, and they were, they were like, Buster Keaton did a lot of his own gags. I mean, I don't want to harp on, like, 1930s and 40s, because, I mean, it's just like, we're, I'm just saying we're always going to get the comedy. There's always going to be a area to where people are going to need something. So it's yeah, like, yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll get, like, the uh, Me, Myself, and Irene mm -hmm. to where that is just a comedy. Yeah. You know, and there'll be, like, there's always a segment of culture that's going to need something. Like, I would prefer a romantic comedy or a comedy drama like you're saying like attaching yeah. the comedy to something to have a little more depth to it yeah. but like i i understand like if you want to watch just comedy for the sake of comedy too though yeah. you know, yeah. you know yeah, I guess. It's, it's a teacher's own it's like i can't yeah. i can't watch anime like all day but it's just like if someone's watching it i can't be like well, you're getting nothing from that there's like i don't understand it's just like you do what you do like yeah. i get it you know there's i mean anime everybody. is one of the richest it's awesome as i'm saying like you you, you watch not, not, no but i'm not like in terms of storytelling yeah the 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 amount of storytelling that happens in anime yeah. in a twenty minute episode, sure they have their tropes and they have like their way of delivering that information. Oh yeah, but the amount of storytelling that's happening in anime at any given time. I mean, I watch. One, it's yes. fucking fantastic. I watch, but it's yeah. just like you, you've come across plenty of people that don't watch it and don't even understand. Like it's just like a silent judgment yeah, of yeah, you yeah. because like because they don't they don't have any reference points. Mm -hmm. It's just cartoon and you're not getting anything out of it. Right, right, right. You know, so I'm just like no. I mean, it's just like everybody has a lane. It's like as long as you're getting something out of it, then it's like. Yeah. Fun, you know. Yeah, I don't hate on people that like Anything. comedies the yeah. way that I enjoy it, but you know, I'm just saying. Like, I think the the comedy works best when it's attached, when it's a sub genre to something, you know, because then the comedic elements play with the story and it balances out. Whereas when you have a full blown comedy, it tends to be a little too much for the gag, and uh, and some movies still take themselves too seriously on a storytelling level mm. to just be about the gags, you know. 
And so like that's kind of like the dissonance I have with comedy. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're making a comedy and you're self-aware that you're everything in your story yeah. is a setup to another gag. Yeah. I don't have to like it, but I can respect it. Yeah, it just it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what there's something about Mary was. Like every story beat was a setup to another gag. Yeah. And I didn't love it, but I respect it. Just the understand structure. what it is. Yeah, yeah they yeah. just give me laughs. But if if you're just doing gag after gag with no sort of attempt at stringing it, it together it, and you take yourself too seriously it's um it's i, I reckon it to um like uh, what are those um like hostile what are those movies it's like it's uh, gore films yeah yeah you know it's just like films kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. we're well, not even snuff um yeah. it's like specifically like gore for the sake of gore it's like you can have a horror movie but if you're taking out all the the tension and the suspense mm-hmm. that leads to it's just like oh we're, we're only going to do the kill right it's like yeah. you're taking away all the suspense is leading up to that to where you won't even care about the kill as much so it's like i, I definitely get that if you pair comedy with something else mm-hmm. then it enhances the comedy oh, so yeah, much more absolutely. as opposed to just having the gore film to where we just kill 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 blood 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 which is the um like the three stooges type thing yeah, yeah, we're yeah. just gonna do that but it's just there's just a niche for i mean yeah, there is there is you know. people will watch whatever the fuck you throw at their faces and and it, it, it like doesn't it. and it doesn't yeah. mean it's bad it and no it does not bad. mean it's bad no no it doesn't it does not anyway no. that aside we can have a whole episode yeah. talking just about comedy in general any job. I mean, we did. We, we did. Yeah, we have done that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I still think Hunt for the Wilder People is like a really successful blend of comedy Definitely and drama. So. Definitely. And it's a cute movie, and it's oh, yeah. charming, and it's hilarious, yes. and the performances are great. Very good. The editing and writing is fantastic. Yes. And the cinematography is gorgeous. Can't wait to see what he does next. Uh yeah. And now that he's made this big ass budget, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I wonder what he, what's his next film. Exactly. Be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check it out. Hunt for the Wilder People. Eight point five. And 8.3? Yeah. And uh, tell us what you think. Uh, it's lovely. And uh, we'll cut and then we'll be right back with uh, television and movies. Yeah. And uh, welcome back. Television and movie premieres. Uh, let's see. Uh, this week in television and movie premieres is going to be starting Tuesday, August the 28th through Monday, September the 3rd. Uh, the first thing is going to be Tuesday, August the 28th is The Shop, a reality show on HBO, 11 p.m. Uh, this is a show produced, starring, and some of the episodes directed by LeBron James. Okay. Um, he moved to Los Angeles to play for the Los Angeles Lakers, and with that, we're going to be seeing a lot of LeBron that, James produced. Is that the most recent trade? Is that what? Uh, no, he didn't get traded. He just left. Oh, he just he just went like fuck you all and playing for this team. Now. Yeah, I mean it's LeBron James. He's like yeah, the, yeah like he can kind of do whatever. Yeah, yeah. like he's, okay. he's done it a number of times. But that was yeah. the most recent move. Right? The most recent okay. time, the yeah. most the most recent fuck you guys. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, like whenever <laughs> he'll go somewhere and then win a championship, and as soon as they're not winning anymore, it's like all right, guys, it looks like y'all are done. So I'm gonna go over here and then win a championship and then burn everybody. I was like, all right, you guys are done here. I'm gonna go over here. How old is LeBron? Uh, he's the same age as me, so he t- he turns 34 this December. 34. What's yeah. the lifespan usually of like a basketball player? If you're like Hall of Famers, like they're really good, they're done by like 31, 32. Oh. You know, like Michael Jordan age. But at the same time, I mean, we're looking back at like the health and nutrition and training from the 60s, 70s, and 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. and what they can do now. So, I mean, you can probably play up until like 38 or so. Like, okay. no telling now. But yeah, but yeah, there's a new show called The Shop that's produced by LeBron James on HBO at 11 p.m. this Tuesday, August the 28th. Uh, the next show is... Wait, what the fuck is the show about? 
Um, they sit inside of a barbershop. I mean, it's like, um, I, I guess all cultures have this possibly, but I just know growing up in black culture, when you go to the barbershop, it's more about the conversations you're having there even than the getting the haircut. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like like the concept of the barbershop and Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very much like okay, that. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It's like a safe house for like just conversation. Yeah, I yeah. Feel like that's that's been like black barbershops my entire mm-hmm. life growing up and before me is just, that's the, uh, the equivalent for men like a... Um, I can't think of a non-sexist way of saying the thing, you know, it's like they have, they have like, they have, um, they, they call it hen house or a sewing circle. Yeah, or, um, it's, just, it's just, it's just a, it's just like a, like a communal man cave. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. There yeah. Just where men can just talk and be ourselves. And mm-hmm. that's, that's locker room talk. Fucking Donald Trump goes in there and just talks about grabbing women's pussy and shit in the, in the barbershop. <sighs> That's how that happens. Can't, can't get away from that fucking orange cunt. Oh, no, he's, he's Every time I turn the fucking news, this dumb, stupid, fucking fat face is in it. Yeah. And it just it just ruins my day every time I see him. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's Tuesday, August 28th on HBO, 11 p.m. Uh, next thing is going to be Friday, August 31st, The Great British Baking Show. I am so fucking down. I thought you would be. For the fucking Great British baking show yes it is such a good show <laughs> i will fucking defend that anybody that doesn't like it mm-hmm. they'll fucking defend it it's okay. so good yeah so good is it still do you know who the hosts are the, the no i didn't say on okay. the description it just said they're coming back for another season the great british baking show a reality competition on netflix this friday august the 31st fuck that's a whole week yeah god damn it well i mean not when this comes out it comes out this week like <laughs> you're right you're right yeah, this comes out like this friday Yes. <laughs> time. Who the fuck does... Like, we, we have to wait two weeks on it in real time, but you guys know it comes out this Friday. God damn it. <laughs> and uh, also coming out this Friday that you can check out is Ozark. Ozark is a drama that... Second um, season? Second season, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the guy, the main character's name uh, to save my life right now. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason Bateman's coming back for season two of Ozark. Um, season one, it premiered when um, it was like a dry spill to where everyone had just came off of uh, like Stranger Things season one. or it was um, season two. Season two? Season two, Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. They, we were coming off like, so we, we were in um, maybe Jessica Jones season two had came out around that time. Yep. But I, I just remember Ozark just hit in a dry patch where Luke Cage hadn't come out and a number of things hadn't come out yet and we needed something to watch. And because of that, I kind of feel like the ratings may be skewed a bit just from needing something to watch because mm-hmm. everyone that I know that watched it myself was like, yeah, this is very good. It's not Breaking Bad, but it's good enough. But it was, try- it was trying kind of hard to yeah, it was be very similar. Breaking Bad. Very similar. You know, but for what it That's was... That's why I didn't like it because I was yeah. trying... Like, I liked Jason Bateman's performance, yeah. but, like, the story was just trying too hard to be the new Breaking Bad. It's, it's, it's like, it's very similar. Yeah. It's and I was just like, there. fuck, fucking... Okay. Yeah. But, uh, like, it was, it's, it was definitely something to watch, something that you could binge, but now that it's coming out this Friday and there's so many things to watch, I don't know how much of a rush I or others will be to binging this yeah. season two. That already got its fan base. Yeah. So people will watch it. Oh, it's going to get watched. Yeah, it's content. Yeah. It's there. Same reason you listen to our fucking mouths right True. now. <laughs> you know what show there. that I watched that was fucking trash? What? Fucking Insatiable. Insatiable. Oh, that's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. That's bad. God damn it, that mm. show is so bad. Mm. It's just like, it's not even the controversy of it being sort of this fat shaming thing. Mm. It's just a bad show. What's it's it like, about? It's about this, this girl, her name's Patty, and she was really fat. And then she got punched in the jaw, and it broke her jaw. Mm. And while in the hospital, she obviously couldn't eat because it was her jaw. And then she got thin, mm. and sort of everybody thought she was gorgeous. Mm. And then it's her sort of wanting revenge on people because 
they didn't, watch this. They didn't like her when she was fat. And yeah. they like her because she's thin. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, in terms of premise, it looks, it looks, it sounds I, I, I like it could be life. a fun little romp. I right? literally lived that life, so I want to hear the yeah. more about this. And like, it sounds like it could be a fun little show, mm. but it's just not funny. And it's supposed to be a comedy. It's what like ha- a dark comedy, and it's just not interesting. Is there, um, did you, did you watch The End of the Fucking World? Any of that? The End of the Fucking World. That's, um, it's a Netflix one. Um, the end of the fu- that sounds really familiar. There's a guy that you the, the guy the um from the yes yes the show with the psychopath the sociopath whatever the fuck and, and the, the girl yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I watch yeah. episodes okay yeah. yeah it's like um I don't know it's like is that does it have that kind of uh no no that's not even like you don't get like the killing like it's it's no. supposed to be like kind of kids coming of age thing but there's actual blood and murder and no death. no there's nothing. Oh no, I don't, no, I don't want that. It's uh it's 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 essentially it's, it's a show about like how this girl wants like social revenge. Yeah. So she low key starts like ruining people's lives, I guess. In what way? Like, in like childish ways or like She kind of starts using she's she, okay, she kind of starts using sex as a way to ruin people cuz she's never had that weapon before. Yeah. Cuz people didn't consider her attractive. Yeah. And then there's this she's uh she wants to join like a beauty pageant mm. and she's under the age of 18. I think she's like 16 and 17 in the show. Yeah. And so there's this beauty pageant coach that's also a lawyer mm. that got um, accused of being a child molester by an opposing beauty child pad- like pageant star. Oh, she's going to use that against him? Uh, and, well, no. Like, she actually starts to kind of, like, fall in... It's, I don't want to say she falls in love with the guy, but she starts fancying him. Mm. But the constant joke of the show is that the guy gets getting put in situations where he looks like a pedophile yeah and they're using that against them but he's not actually a pedophile he's just clueless and an idiot okay so like all the constant references of pedophilia and sort of child molestation and sort of child sexualization just got so much and so gross but by the second episode i was just like fuck this it's just bad it's a bad show um, but I'm, it came out in those. It came out in the dry spell of mm. content this year. Yeah, and so people watched it, and people generally liked it, and it did fairly well for being such a trash show. But it because it happened in the dry spell too, which is yeah. why I remembered it. Not a good show. I mean, watch the first three episodes, see if you like it. I watched first first one or two. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested in the premise. Like I said, I was very much like that. Very fat, getting picked on all the time. Didn't have friends, yeah. and then lost a lot of weight over the the form of like a year, and then came back to the old school. And then it's like, oh, now you like me now. Right. Now I might have a day for the prom. Now y'all want to be friends. Now y'all want to invite me in social activities. Fuck all of y'all. Yeah, yeah. And it was just and like it's trying a cool to... premise. It's a really interesting premise. It's just executed so bad. That's what I'm saying. I want to see. I would yeah. like to see an execution of like the way that I'm feeling socially, like not actually like wanting like wanting to murder these people, but knowing that you're not actually going to do it, but right. feeling like that and feeling that overwhelming just like sense of anger and pressure from society. And even if they're just go- doing it to where it's just like she feels like she wants to cut somebody's head off and hang it from the fucking school, like they show that and then they show up. Oh, no, that's just what she was thinking. She doesn't right. really do that. But it's just, it doesn't sound like it gets past like a PG-13 type of show. It's not interesting. Yeah. It's not interesting. I don't, I don't want to see like mean girl pranks. You know, that's, that's not what I'm into. It doesn't even get mean girl-ish. It's just, it's just bad. <laughs> I like mean girls. No, I mean, I mean, Mean Girls is not a bad movie, but it's like if I'm talking about revenge and just like doing that, I don't want to just see like high school kids doing high school pranks. No, yeah, no, you know, like if you're gonna go revenge, then what's what's the revenge movie? What uh, I saw the devil. If you're gonna go revenge, then give me some revenge. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. no, so, you definitely won't get any of that. Oh well, no. So it's yeah, on so, a hot Asian cop killing people. So so don't watch Insatiable. Uh, yeah, really, <laughs> just don't, just don't save yourself the time. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. 
Anyway, well, that's uh, this Friday, August thirty first. That's Ozark. It's gonna be, it's a drama coming back to Netflix season two. Check mm-hmm. out Jason Bateman. Uh, we got three movies coming out so far uh, this weekend. The first one is The Little Stranger. Uh, it's a rated R movie. It's one hour, well, one hundred and eleven minutes for a runtime. Listed as a drama horror mystery. A rundown is after a doctor is called to visit a crumbling manor, strange things begin to occur. Uh, stars Ruth Wilson and Dom Hall Gleason, and the director is Lenny Abramson. Something about the the tags drama horror mystery bothered me. Yeah. Something about the horror mystery thing. I feel like that's redundant. It's a lot. It's a um, lot. Yeah, I don't know what that movie is. I don't. I mean, it's Dom Hall Gleason. Yeah. Like he's a very very good actor. I hope this movie does something. But yeah, no telling. It probably won't do a lot for me. Dom Hall is great though. If you guys uh, can check out anything from Dom Hall, check him out. Can't really suggest this movie. Don't know much about it, but Dom Hall Gleason, like Ex Machina. Ex Machina is my he's, favorite. He's great Dom in Hall that. Gleason. My favorite um, from him would be um, uh, is it called Frank? Where, he's um, also in Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that I love one? that yeah, with Michael yeah, Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, Frank. That's my favorite. I think Dom those Hall two. Movie. Yeah, those two are like the quintessential Dom Hall Gleason movies. Oh yeah, he's he, really he does the shit. Uh, but that that is Little Stranger coming out this Friday. Uh, the next one is going to be Operation Finale. Is a PG-13 biography drama. Has a 59 meta score currently, and the rundown is a team of secret agents set out to track down the Nazi officer who masterminded the Holocaust. Interesting. I really like that uh, that cover. Oh, it's that, a nice cover. That poster's really cool. It's cool. Like I'm, I, I, no. I mean, just I mean, it's so many Nazis, man. Like, I, where's the next Nazis? I'm tired of this Nazi shit. Yeah. It's yeah, like, I, I don't want to have to wait another, like, 10,000 years for another, like, um, Ivan the Terrible or, right. or another, like, Napoleon. Or, I mean, listen, uh, uh, three years if, you, if, if you know, Trump fucks up. I mean, something. <laughs> Two like, years. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of this reference to Hitler, like, yeah. the end-all, be-all. Like, before Hitler, like, I, what was, who was it, Alexander or um, who was, was before Ale- Hitler? It was uh, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Yeah. You know, it's like there's always somebody, you know, so it's just like I'm, I, my entire life I've been hearing about this Hitler guy, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, can we move on from that? And we, we had Gaddafi for a while, but we don't yeah. talk about Gaddafi no. because it, it fucks up with the U.S. politics. Yeah. Uh, we got the Nigerian government's fucking up recently. That's yeah, that's very true. Yeah, we had uh, the yeah genocide in Africa. That was bad. Yeah, we have the thing in Jerusalem, uh, Israel. We, we Not need, Jerusalem, Israel. We need a figurehead. We yeah. need a figurehead. Like if if Kim Jong was going out here and black like, up, oh, there's a hundred thousand people that he's killed so far. They're like, oh okay, let's yeah, yeah let's yeah. put it on that guy. And 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 it can't be like pass, passive killings because yeah. we can already put a hundred thousand killings to Kim Jong right now passively. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but no, it has to be like yeah, like I took them out of their bed and yep. shot them in the face. Yeah, like but see, but that's the thing because technically the U.S. Yeah. is the next fucking hitler situation all right or we're Vladimir, walking into two. every country mm. and swinging our big dick around just fucking everybody up oh we've been doing that fucking fucking uh what was it was it serbia was it uh the refugee syria mm. syria fucking iran iraq yeah uh, afghanistan israel yeah all our fault all of it I mean, we, we've been doing this since the First yeah. World War. I mean, anytime that we go to uh, to help an area or we yeah. visit an we area, fuck it up. I mean, just just look back. We've never left. We never yeah. leave anywhere. No, we no. set up a base, and this is ours now. We're gonna help you do things, but no, this is ours. Yeah. So I mean, it's just that's just something I recognize, recognize in the military. It's like, why is there a base in everywhere the United States is gone? We don't just go and be like, all right, we're done here. All right, like, listen, nope. guys, we gave you the bombs. Mm-hmm. We give you the thing. Just mm-hmm. don't fuck it up again. It's like, just nope. like, nah, we're, we're now we live for now. We we manage all of this. This is ours now. Yeah. So yeah, Fuck. yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, I guess if you want another reference, just choose the American government in I, general. I, I would love to see Donald Trump just go yeah. ahead and you know just go ahead and finish it off. Just, <laughs> just, just finish this off, man. 
and the genocidal ribbon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then it finishes nah. off. The US is it's fucked up. Yeah. It costs a lot of problems for the general world. Yeah. That's okay, though. Um, I, it's not, but next movie. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the last movie we got coming out is uh, Ken. It's a PG-13 movie, 102-minute runtime, an action science fiction movie. The rundown is, chased by a vengeful criminal, the feds, and a gang of otherworldly soldiers, a recently released ex-con and his adopted teenage brother are forced to go on a run with a weapon of mysterious origin as their only protection. Uh, as directors Jonathan and Josh Baker. Oh, I know this movie. Starring uh, Carrie Coon, James Franco, and Zoe Kravitz. Oh, and Dennis Quaid. Um, can I just say, I don't know if that's just because your computer did it, or if that's just the actual poster. That's supposed to be. But the fact that the word Ken in the poster is, is closer to the edge on the right side than it is on the left side mm. really, really polished me. I'm sure that there was probably like a um, a wider version. Yeah. But it's hard it to tell because that. even the uh, the credits and the mentions are centered here, yeah. so it's hard yeah. to give them credit for that. So I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. Fix your fix your fucking justification yeah. on your fonts. I mean, l- listen, sci-fi movie. Go watch it. I yeah, guess, if you're into sci-fi. I mean, there's some good actors. Zoe Kravitz is in there. I mean, there's some good actors. Yeah, she is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, anyway, that is I guess it. That's it. Movie television uh, premieres. Yeah, I don't. I think we cover a lot of bases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rundown. Yeah. All right, so you can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can ugh, fuck. What was the rundown again? I literally just blanked out on this. How do I usually do it? Um, for film sake on uh, Facebook. Facebook. So um, okay, so you can find for film sake on Facebook at the uh, 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 the FFS. Yeah, at the FFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS podcast. Yeah. You can find us on Apple Play, uh, Apple Podcast app, Google Play Music app, and Stitcher under the name for film's sake. My personal Twitter handle is at Brian and Cheetah. I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey, hey such so a smooth intro, but I, I always play it back in the fucking outro. <laughs> can't, can't get a smooth one. Um, but anyway, that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, hunt for the world of people. Uh, watch it if you're into this kind of film. And uh, yeah, yeah. give it a go. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Good.